We may discuss mental health topics, but in no way are claiming to be mental health professionals. However, we are experts in our own experience in our own life. We shared the tough stuff because it may help someone else going through a similar struggle. We aren't experts, and that is why we will always share a reputable resource at the end of any episode with heavy mental health topics. Hi, welcome to Let's Human Together with Alex and Ariel, the podcast where two long-distance friends discuss what has made them who they are today. All right, welcome back, everybody, to Let's Human Together. Oh, hey. Oh, hey. Nice to see you again. (laughs) Nice to see you. Oh, man. So, second round of doing this, which is super exciting. Yay. So, yay. So, and you know, I love doing our first session together. It was just like, I mean, it really, it served the purpose of what we're trying to do. I felt anyways, it's just an enjoyable conversation. And so I'm looking forward to having many, many more moving forward. So what is the discussion today, Alex? Oh, so today we are focusing on two assessments that we both really enjoy. One, um, I enjoy in particular because we actually are the same personality type, according to the Myers-Briggs, which we'll be talking Mm -hmm. about, along with diving into talking about Enneagram, which admittedly, this is a a newer assessment for me I've recently learned about, but it's very fascinating. Um, Yeah, and we're going to be talking about our results and kind of like, how do we show up, you know, based on our results and talking about the things that we really admire and the things that you know, we're kind of like, ah, really? I do that? I show up that way? Okay. So that's what our discussion is going to be about today. So I think we should dive right into what you mentioned earlier about you and I having the same Myers-Briggs type. Mm-hmm. We both identify as INFJ, mm-hmm. which happens to be the most rare type. Mm-hmm. Right. And It is the most special in my opinion, but (laughs) you know, um, so INFJ stands for introverted, intuitive, feeling, and judging. Mm -hmm. So what is actually the most surprising to me when I did the Myers-Briggs was that I came up as introverted Mm -hmm. because usually when people meet me, I am very charismatic and I can be the hostess with the mostest. People are usually very surprised that I need to rest and get my energy back, but that is 100% coming from my introverted self and Mm -hmm. need to take care of. Exactly. No, and I agree with that because my uh, undergrad advisor, she's the one that told me I am more of an introvert because I, you know, and growing up, I always associated like, folks that made an impact I just assume like oh they're extroverted they're charismatic they they know how to interact with people they just can show up and like feel comfortable in conversation and for myself I'm like that's how I know I know that's how I show up you know and I can be that way for sure and then I recognize you know at the end of the day I'm pretty drained and I love people but I also need my distance from people at a certain point and recognizing that energy so when my advisor pointed that out first I was kind of like I reacted of like I'm not an introvert I am an extrovert (laughs) like no way am I introverted and then once she began explaining 
the ways that I show up, you know, my being more of an introvert and rec- and asking me questions of like, what do you like to do at the end of the day when you get home? And I'm like, I like to be in my room and do something quiet as in like lay down and watch TV or read a book. She's like, yeah, because you're, you, you're building up the energy so you can use it for others. And she's like, and then once that energy is lower, depleted, you got to fill it back up. Like, oh, <laughs> that's how I do it. Yeah. Okay. As, especially for me as a teacher of little humans, I cannot do much after school because I am just so drained. I actually really enjoy my 45 minute commute, just sitting, you know, in my car, usually listening to a podcast or an audiobook recharging my battery because Mm -hmm. it's just so overwhelming to be um around so much energy and so much it just it just takes so much energy of of hours to be around other people Mm -hmm. so I mean do you remember how everyone used to make fun of me for napping all the time in college Mm -hmm. oh yeah but it's like so important yeah yeah like I was always a person that was constantly taking naps constantly like saying no to doing things just like Mm -hmm. no I don't want to do that I need to rest Mm -hmm. yeah and (laughs) so significant and it's just so interesting because like I think we don't take we don't take the time enough as it is to really allow our bodies to rest even halfway through the day because I think in our society we get so much pride of oh I've done so much work and I'm working so much but in reality we have to give our bodies rest that's so significant. And so for you napping, I remember at the time I'm like, I don't nap because I, you know, like I, I don't do that. I used to think I was like a prideful thing of like, I don't nap. I never nap. I'm just going to be like, just stressed out all the time and just not nap. And then recognizing now like, oh, it's very important for me at some point in the day to do meditation for 20 minutes, you know, and that even if it's like me focusing on my breath or just laying down and closing my eyes, like that is so significant. You know, and I think for us, like recognizing, like we need to find ways to replenish our energy. That's one way that we do it. So I totally agree. I actually just found this thing and I want to pick your brain about it. Yes. So this is, I just found this on Google. It's three INFJ superpowers that we love and hate. Mm, okay. So the first one is. Ability to feel the suffering and joy of others very accurate. Uh, I'm sorry, very acutely. Mm-hmm. I know we both have oh, a hard yeah. time with that. Oh, 100%. You know, and, you know, because I think for both of us, when we have that personal interaction and it's an interaction that's someone experiencing you know, some pain or, or like a hard emotion, you know, we're with them and we feel that. That's where our, you know, our empathetic side really steps into play also. Um, and, and that, you know, it's, in being in that present moment is, is very helpful and that's the best way of how to support somebody. However, though, it's so draining some days. You're like, because then you take on that feeling and emotion yourself. And it's like, even if you like have a great day, things are going really well. And then suddenly you're like, oh, I just don't feel great anymore, <laughs> you know? And I had this conversation with someone recently because she's asking me about like, you know, when you're working like, you know, in human services, you know, where do you find those boundaries? Because it can be really hard, especially if you have strong empathy skills. And my thing is like, for me, it has to be more intentional about 
being empathetic with boundaries. Oh, yes. Boundaries are the key to life as an INFJ. Like, mm-hmm. I seriously feel that way because there are so many times that I can, I can come across as very harsh and aggressive, but it's more, it's actually protective of my own energy. Like, mm-hmm. I would be like, I love you, but I don't want to hear this right now, or mm-hmm. I can help you in like an hour. Mm-hmm. I need to take a second and like recharge myself because then I'm not, I'm not any good to anybody if I'm not mm-hmm. taking care of myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that is one of the hardships of being an INFJ for sure, because we feel so deeply mm-hmm. for the people around us. Mm-hmm. It's hard. Oh, it is. Absolutely. And like for you, because I mean, I think when I think about people in my life that are really good about saying no, you're really good at that. Like you recognize that, which I really appreciate because that's hard for me sometimes, most times, let's be honest here. However, have there been times, like, can you think of examples when you said no, but you were like, or it was really hard for you to say that? Well, I definitely want to dive into this in a later episode, talking about a particular time in my life, because right before college was when I, essentially I had a really terrible high school relationship, Mm -hmm. and I was um, not proud of how I acted, because part Mm -hmm. of it was I didn't know better, and part of it, there was manipulation, and we can go into it later, but I came to college, like we talked about last episode, just open and vulnerable because I had no other option and I was frankly like disgusted how I had been before Mm. I would not say no to anybody until I was about 18 years old Mm -hmm. I would do anything and everything that somebody else told me and that took a really long time for me to figure out and during the time that you and I met was when I was really starting to embrace that. And I feel like I'm practically an expert now in at least saying no and knowing my own limits mm-hmm. because for a really long time I did not. And I don't like, I don't like how the, the person that I was then. And mm-hmm. I'm thankful that it happened because it made me a stronger human now, but mm-hmm it was a lot of hardship to get to a point where I felt comfortable saying no. Mm -hmm. Wow. Thanks for sharing. Yeah. Yeah. And we'll definitely explore that moving forward as well and digging deeper also. Definitely a topic that I think is really important to talk about. So we will, we we will definitely talk about that soon. Absolutely. um, How about this second superpower? Are you ready to hear it? Yes. Okay, the second one is vision and a strong sense of purpose. Ooh, yes. I, I feel like that one is extra, extra you. <laughs> what? <laughs> what are you talking about? Oh, yeah. <laughs> and it's extra, extra you. Oh, for sure. And it's always like constantly developing as well. Because I think like looking at, you know, my personality type too, it's always striving for more as well, which has its benefits. Sometimes it's like, okay, I need to be intentional to allow myself to be in the present moment because we'll talk later on about anxiety and me having Mm. higher anxiety also. So, but there's things where I'm just like, I, I'm just in the mindset of like, you know, we are given this life, we're given these opportunities, and you have to think about what is like the purpose that you have here. 
you know, what, what is like, what makes you who you are and how are you impacting your others? But I think most importantly now is how are you impacting yourself? Like, oh what are you gosh. doing for yourself to reach a point where at some day, at some, someday you can just say, this is what I wanted to do. And this is who I am as well. And it's getting to the A to the B of like, this is who I'm showing up as. This is who I want to be. I'm creating this life for myself. Because um, that's so significant. And I don't think that we talk about that enough as it is. Like, who do, who do you want to be? Like, you can do things and you can have a career and, you know, you can have a relationship and have a, a marriage and children, a family, whatever that looks like. But it's like, but in those circumstances, are you showing up as yourself? Mm, absolutely. And what's it's, that vision look like? It's so funny because the next superpower is... I think connected immediately to that because it says unafraid to create a whole new system when the old way of doing things isn't working. Yes. <laughs> so excited <laughs> about that. No, my least favorite saying, if not like top three is if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Oh my Lord. That's a great way to not be friends with us. <laughs> because granted for a moment, yeah, it could work, but at some point it's not going to. You know, at some point something's going to happen. And you always like, you know, as human beings, we're always evolving. We're always growing. We're mm. always changing. And so if you go into mindset like, well, let's just keep it how it is, it's like life's gonna be really hard for you then. You mm. know, when those changes happen. Here's the thing, folks, when you listen to this, change happens to everybody. Whether That's, you like it or not. Yeah. It's like human beings we're so complex we have so many things like we were so progressive like think to where we were like 400 years ago to where we are now those are all change related <laughs> like so if you come into the yeah. mindset of like let's just keep it as it is forever it's like yeah that's not gonna work so let's be honest here because that's also part of the infj and also my enneagram as well mm. so tell true. me tell me about your enneagram all right, so I'm Enneagram 4. I am the individualistic. <laughs> Wait, do you like vision? <laughs> what? I know. And I love, like, you know, finding your authenticity and your self-worth. So that's, you know, not me at all. Uh, so that's my Enneagram. And, you know, that was, like, when I saw the result, I was just, like, reading the description saying, yeah, okay, that's, yep. Yeah. Dude, yeah, I see this in myself for sure. And I know this about myself. And, you know, and it's something where, you know, I can see the things where it's like your fears or things that, you know, you're not as good at as well. And I can acknowledge them. And previously, I'd be like, oh, I need to work on this. Like, I need to be more logical and less emotional. Like, I, I have to work on these things. And then I have to understand, oh, those are things that I'm really good at. And if I don't leverage those, because we need these qualities in the world as well. We need people to be emotionally well connected. We need people to be understanding like what does the vision look like and helping guide folks to get to that point. Like if I'm good at those things, I'm doing myself a disservice by focusing on areas that I don't get as much energy from. Like 100%. So, so that's for me. What about your Enneagram? So this is actually funny. I don't know if this is common, but I got 98% match on one of them mm -hmm. and a 97% match on the other. Oh, what? So, oh my gosh. 
<laughs> so the first one, um, the first one is if you've ever met me in real life, would not be a surprise because it is the perfectionist. Um, what? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I often say I am a recovering perfectionist <clears throat> because um, I was a stereotypical firstborn, perfect student, never did anything wrong. Mm -hmm. um, and being perfectionist has also gone hand in hand with my extreme anxiety which again we will talk about anxiety on a whole different episode but um one of the things that made sense in regards to perfectionism because i try to not identify as a perfectionist because when it when it goes hand in hand with my anxiety it's not a positive thing mm -hmm. however on the enneagram test it says um this place being a perfectionist places a lot of emphasis on following the rules and doing things correctly so following the rules part um, goes along with what I mentioned earlier about not being able to say no. So part of me still thrives in structure and authority. Um, but it's very funny because my other Enneagram type that I'm very strong in is type eight, which is the challenger. Mm. Um, eights see themselves as strong and powerful and seek to stand up for what they believe in. Mm. Wow. Yes. Now I know that you have been around me when I have been the person that will not put their foot down about a certain thing, whether mm -hmm. it be how someone treats someone else or a situation, just any situation. And people that know me in real life, I don't think would be surprised by this at all mm -hmm. because very much so when something is bothering me, I will say it and I will try and make it better. Mm -hmm. I absolutely stand up for what I believe in. And I mean, I have trouble when I'm wrong, and that goes again with my <laughs> perfectionist part, mm -hmm. but um, those are my two Enneagram types. Do you mm -hmm. think those are present in my personality? I do, for sure, and I definitely would say for challenge as well also, because I think you're really good about seeing something that isn't right or something that you know you think is disrespectful to another person, and you don't let you don't you have to say something like i've seen you like stick up for other people and it's not even like with effort it looks like it's just like it's natural that's part of you and you just say like you know this person's being treated disrespe disrespectfully and you say something and you let them know as well and you're like that's not right like you should not be saying that or doing that and that's not kind to that person and you know whether you know and i think you know, from what I've observed as well, like no matter how the other person responds that you are calling out, like you at the end of the day, you like rest easier knowing like you said something, you know, and like no, oh recognize gosh, yeah. and recognizing like that thing, like how that person responds, that's on them, that's not on you. you know? And we, so based on like, you know, like some things that we might know is that when people have that like more defensive, like aggressive response back, it's just because they recognize, oh yeah, maybe this isn't right. Like, oh, I shouldn't be doing this. And rather than like owning up and going, yeah, you're right. They they have to defend their actions yeah, as well. You, you're so right. And if we brought my husband in on this conversation, he would 100% agree with you because <laughs> there, there are so many times where I'm in situations where, do I need to say that? Will it end positively? Probably not. But like, I have this like core moral dilemma of mm -hmm. like, no, this is what I believe in and I have every right to say it and I'm going to say it even if it makes you uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. 
And like, what does that feel like when you're in that moment? Like, what are the, like, the feelings that come up? Or is like, are you just like in that moment? I guess, how does that, what, what kind of goes on in your thought process? Oh, dear. I'm thinking of a very particular situation that happened about a year ago now. Um, we had like an altercation with some people. And my husband and I had gone through and talked about, you know, this is the game plan. This is what we're going to say. This is how it's going to go. And in my heart, and every time we talked about it, I said, but I, I need to say this. I need to say, like, this person is acting like a bad friend. This person is not being honest and true to you. Mm-hmm. And in the moment, guess what? I said it. Mm-hmm. And it did not go well. Mm-hmm. And it caused a whole bunch of other things. But me days and weeks up to that confrontation I couldn't sleep at night because Mm -hmm. it just felt so unsettled in like my moral compass of life and of how people treat each other like I had to say something I had to be like hey this is something that's going on I don't think it's cool you can do whatever you want with it Mm -hmm. but I don't think that's right and those conversations have definitely caused issues but that's their cross to bear unfortunately like I'm worried about me and how I act and I would not have been able to go on because it seems fake to me like not saying that stuff is my version of acting fake Mm. and I can't do that I can't so I will say the things that are difficult I will say the things that are uncomfortable because that is my me controlling my life now your reaction or whoever I'm talking to or whoever is the the sounding board of that a lot of the times they will get defensive hmm. and then I'll just sit there and say okay well then why are you getting defensive why are you why are you yelling at me now like what's what's going on because hmm. this is what I'm saying to you very calmly this is my opinion of it and usually those people find me very intimidating. Um, I can't tell you how many times people that I've met have said that I'm intimidating. Mm. Whereas I don't, I don't think, I don't feel like I'm intimidating, but I think it's more of, I just have this conviction in my beliefs that so many people don't. And I think Mm -hmm. that's the type eight coming through of that calendar of, I know exactly what I believe and I say it and I stand up for it and you don't have to question anything that I believe. You know mm-hmm. what I believe. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, you think about, you know, especially, yeah, that definitely goes with your eight also is like the challenging mindset because, you know, as humans, we don't like getting uncomfortable. Mm. Like, you know, in a way, like, you know, some folks are taught don't bring up the uncomfortability. Oh my gosh. I feel like that is so like Midwest upbringing, which we can talk about again in another. Yeah. I feel like we need to talk about like family dynamic and talking (laughs) about uncomfortable things. Yeah. Um, Now I wonder since you identify as type four, the individualist, Mm -hmm. um, this site says fours want to be unique and live life authentically and are highly attuned to their emotional experience. Now, maybe this is my challenger coming through. But do you put that expectation on the people around you? Or is that totally just you living your life? Like, do you get frustrated if other people aren't being unique in themselves? I do. Yeah. I mean, and, you know, that mindset probably isn't 
You know, it's not fair to other people because they, you know, you have to think about their life experiences and how they were brought up and what they were taught as well. And I've gotten so much better about recognizing folks and their, you know, the topic of like vulnerability and like getting uncomfortable and like really exploring their authentic self and recognizing, oh, you know, this is not easy for folks. And, you know, my role is like, I work in grief support. So talk about the most uncomfortable subject matter to address. And from that, from my experience um, so far, and just recognizing like how we do our approach, because, you know, there's no expectation for people to talk if they don't want to. And even for folks that have to support somebody who is grieving, you know, it's not where you have to come and say and do the right thing. It's about how are you just showing up though? So, that has really taught me when you hear, when I hear a comment or see an interaction for me and like, you know, cause we're, we're naturally judgmental people. Like that's common, but the difference is like, are you curious or are you acting judgmental? And so I have to go to the curious side and go, okay, where does this coming from of them? Like not being like more in tune with themselves and being authentic, you know, really allowing themselves to be vulnerable and exploring like the, who they are in this world. So giving them the grace, giving myself the grace to not know. Because I think I'm, I'm like, I want to know why you act this way. Like, I want to know why you're behaving this way. And again, I can tell you, and I've been more open with it and been able to deal with my own stuff. And I still, I, and I go to therapy to address some like negative experiences from my life also. But I think it's that challenging aspect of challenging myself and that aspect of, you know, not everyone knows how to explore themselves in a way we're taught don't do that because that's selfish oh man yeah i mean he like taking care of yourself is like but there are so many other people around you you have to take care of them first and people that's the natural mindset like what can i do for other people how can i support other people and you know having that mindset like yeah that's great and we have to because we're 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 hardwired for connection however if you're not taking care of you how can you support other people and how can you support them authentically this is so hard because most of the humans that I work with in an elementary school are the most giving selfless people on the planet but just like when you're on an airplane, you need to put the oxygen mask on yourself before you can put it on somebody else. Mm. And it is the hardest thing for so many people to do that. Mm -hmm. And I feel like, especially as a woman and being that whole other thing of the female expectation to constantly give, 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 and Mm -hmm. care, 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 care. That is something that we really need to explore because there are so many women that are totally burnt out that Mm -hmm. don't know their identity other than mom or Mm -hmm. teacher or nurse or whatever. Mm -hmm. And that's why you and I are connecting on this whole podcast project, because we need to talk about these things Mm -hmm. because it helps us all be better. It helps us all be better. Yeah. Um, as you said, as introverts, we do a lot of reflection. So like, oh, really? I know. Can you believe it? Oh my okay, goodness. Okay, I have, I have to admit something though. Yes. Even though I'm a very introverted person, I cannot get on board with journaling. I just, mm. I just can't. So yeah. how are you, when you're being reflective 
and like your introverted recharge moment you mentioned meditation i'm definitely mm-hmm. on the meditation train with you mm-hmm. what uh, what else are you doing to be reflective um, I, I journal. <laughs> no, I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> um, I journal and um, I journal in a way where it's just, I let myself go, go at it. And I, and I don't, I don't, I do my best. Sometimes, you know, what I've learned about myself recently was like my head and heart are kind of in a little conflict where sometimes like I feel a certain way, but my head comes in and says, well, you know, yeah, you feel that way, but things will get better. So I'm learning how to adjust to that. So recently um, I've been writing like authentically from my heart side of like, just be brutally honest, like whatever's in your mind, like don't hold back as well. And that's how I reflect because it's coming from that honest standpoint of like, even if something I'm like, oh, if I understand the circumstance, I still can be like, that sucked. That was hard. That I feel angry about this. But that reflection piece is so important. And like really giving myself time to actively try not to have like my phone or any like thing playing like music or the TV playing, just being in that space because it's hard to be in your own thoughts. It is. But it's a scary place. It is a very scary place. And but that reflection of recognizing where these thoughts are coming from and also actively challenging some of them. Going, how what do I know? How, do I know this to be fact? Do I have the evidence to support this as well? And also acknowledging a thought's a thought. It comes and goes. It doesn't stay you know, our thoughts, like you'll have one and it can bother you, but then eventually it goes away. And so, but it's challenging my mindset to understand like this thought's happening, you know, this is what's going on. You know, this is, I think will happen. Do I have the evidence to prove that? So, but again, back to your question about reflection though, it's Mm. really like, those are things that I have to actively do. Yeah. I think that goes hand in hand with my anxiety too, of Mm -hmm. just, Mm -hmm. I don't know if it's, I think it might be a book, but my therapist, again, I go to therapy on the regular and have been for like eight years. Um, But like your anxiety is lying to you. Mm -hmm. Like that whole, like the whole concept of that is your anxiety is lying to you. And as introverts, because we take so much time in our own head and in our own space, Mm -hmm. like having that added layer of, I call it my anxious narrative like my anxiety narrative of like that constant thought process of like this is what could go wrong this is what's happening this is Mm -hmm. what I need to do Mm -hmm. um and a lot of the times that's not real yeah and taking the time to check that is so important Mm -hmm. oh yeah absolutely it's so important so but you know it's when you don't if you don't reach a place of understanding that though, it's so hard because it took me, it took me personally a long time to understand, oh, these thoughts aren't correct. It's just what my mind is telling me right now as well. You know, this assumption of like, oh, this is what I think, think people actually think of me or, oh, I actually don't think I'm good at my job or I'm not good at, I'm not a good student. Like somehow I've managed to get through life fooling people. Okay, can we can we talk about yeah. imposter syndrome, yes, please? Yes, at some point for sure. Oh, That's so true. Like no matter like the accomplishments that you have, the degrees, the experiences, like what you've learned, like that crosses my mind on the daily at some point. 
it does. Like it, I at oh, some point yeah. think like I I have somehow managed to get through like fooling people like and they they think they, they think I'm great they think I'm good they and I'm like somehow and then it's just like some days it's like a brief moment I'm like no that's not right some days it's like for an hour and I'm like damn yeah you're right like yeah <laughs> true so yeah I think um, a lot of the times I'm just like if I'm introducing myself part of me is like hi I'm Ariel I'm a con artist. Like what? <laughs> like I feel I absolutely feel that way too, and I think that's part of the curse and blessing of us being introverted, especially because again, we're being reflective. We're looking at that mm. vision of what we want things to be, how we can get there, and then mm. we take a second and we're like, "Wait, how did we get to where we are right now? Mm-hmm. We're not qualified for this. How did we? How did we get there?" And this is again mm. why I'm so happy to do this project with you, mm-hmm. because it's like, okay, if the two of us are feeling that. How many other people? Like we're not the only ones. Yes, yes. It's like we are not the only ones, and I mean, that's why I love having conversations with you because Mm. I feel like so many times you're saying something that I know in my soul, like I have Mm. experienced myself, and it's Mm. like, oh, going back to what you said, humans need connection. Yes, connecting, connecting to struggle together. Oh my gosh. Isn't that the biggest relief in the yeah. world? When you're like, I'm not alone. I'm oh. not alone. Like you also have felt this way or you feel this way. Wow. Yeah. How powerful is that? And the thing that I really, especially with like, when we think about introverts as well, is that what we're talking about, we're introverts, we're introverted. But you know, when you hear us communicating, people are like, oh no, they are totally extroverted. It's like, we need to debunk this myth that a charismatic person who can be aware of the world has to be extroverted also mm. which experts are great i there's so many people that get their energy from people they thrive they grow and it's like i love your energy as well but we have to think about those folks that are quieter that are more reflective they're not you know it is a little more intimidating them for to talk to other people but understanding like what they're thinking about their mindset what they have to share with the world is powerful because they're being so observant of their surroundings also. So let's debunk, and especially like, you know, you know me, like leadership is so significant. I just got my master's in it as well. And so many people like the leader, they have to be like so energized, they have to be like back straight, just like can control a room or whatnot, which is like, I know I can do that. I'm good at that. Mm-hmm. Like I know how to communicate with people as well. But what about those folks that they're not, that's not their personality type, but we know they can show up as a leader because mm. of like how they can observe their surrounding. Mm. I feel that so much because as a teacher, a school and public school and traditional schooling is made for extroverts. Yeah. Participation yeah. and presentations and creating things. And it's just interesting that, yeah. I'm sure people are surprised when they hear that you're an introvert. People oh. are surprised when they hear that I am. Mm-hmm. But you know what? I wanted to ask you a question. If that's yes. Okay. Do you ever say anything without thinking about it? Is there ever a time that you're just... <laughs> you, is there... <laughs> As we're thinking about it. As we're thinking about it. I'm like, huh, have I ever? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, that's your answer, folks. Okay. (laughs) Uh, 
<laughs> no, it's so true. I, you know, and there's moments where I can think about it. And then, and even like going back to like, you think about, well, should I have said it this way? Should I have done it this way? You know, was that the right thing to do as well? Then you just like get self-conscious about that. So it, well, see, I, I don't have that issue as much yeah. just because that's the challenger part of me. Like I'm staying yeah. so strong to my beliefs. Mm-hmm. but then the perfectionist part of me is like, but I could have done it better. There was a better way to do it. I could still, I could still have said, I could still have said and stood firm to my convictions, but I could have done it better. And, oh, yeah. man. <laughs> my individualistic side is probably just like, you know, next time though, because we can explore ourselves in this way with this wording. <laughs> oh my gosh. So I have a question. Yeah. What is a personality type or trait you wish you had? Oh gosh, that's a great question. Um, let the introverts think about it for a second, mm, listeners. Yeah, <laughs> like out there. this is where we need a sponsor to be like, get us thirty seconds. So, anyone listening, if you were willing to sponsor us, so we can have this like deep reflection. Um, we can just insert jump some Jeopardy music. Right there, <laughs> <laughs> um, I know one for me if you want me yeah, to go first. Please, you go first. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, being spontaneous. Mm. I, mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. I try so hard. I know this is like the biggest struggle, um, especially with my husband, who actually is extremely extroverted and very spontaneous. I am so rigid and organized, and that comes from the perfectionist like structure. Mm-hmm. like the de- that desire and thriving in structure I have the hardest time being spontaneous my husband will try and be sweet and like hey babe let's go and drive to DC and go to a museum and I'm like I'm not wearing the right shoes I can't mm-hmm. do that right now <laughs> like, I will mm-hmm. go in to a million reasons and a million obstacles whereas mm, I, I I gotta work on that I gotta work on being able to go with the flow Mm -hmm. and being able to just like okay that's the plan that's what we're doing Mm -hmm. what about you um I think for me it's just being more comfortable when it's like a big group setting Mm -hmm. because for me it's just like I especially with like 10 plus people and allowing myself to feel more comfortable in that space because then I get more reserved and if it's just like a big like I imagine like a big party going on also then I tend to navigate towards like the people that I now know more naturally um because it's just like stimulating for me so I would just love to be able just to walk in and kind of have to go with the flow but like to go and just feel more comfortable in that space and have that better understanding of like I belong here like I I deserve to be at this right here with this group of people as well because even if like I know the majority I still sometimes be like well you know everyone else is like more talkative and more active and I I'm just gonna observe as well so that's what I wish I the trait that I had that I I I did have we're gonna have to do some homework on that Mm -hmm, right like challenging (laughs) yeah okay homework text to each other like what did you do to help that today? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and how are you spontaneous this weekend? Yeah, my answer will be like, I wore different socks. <laughs> <laughs> hey, but that's a step forward. So, 
progress, not perfection, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. So what else do you want to discuss about personality? Uh, I mean, you know, when you think about this information, so these results or whatnot, I mean, what do you want to leave with other people? Like thinking about, especially, I guess the real question I want to know is like, for you, what do you want folks to understand about having more of an introverted reflective mindset? Like in terms of like, you know, you think about the myths that come from being an introvert. Like what's, if you could like challenge, cause you're the challenger, like what would you want to challenge the, from one of the myths that come from being um, an introvert? How would you want to challenge that? What would that you want were, people to know? Well, this goes right with challenger that I'm weak and you can take advantage of me. No way. Not on my watch. Oh my goodness. People usually, um, especially when I meet new people, of course, hi, I'm Ariel. Nice to meet you. I'll maybe do small talk if I'm really feeling it, but otherwise I'll, like you mentioned earlier, I'll go straight to the people I know. Like, I don't want to waste the energy trying to get to know you because there's a pretty good chance I'm not going to know you. Like, I'm not going to see you ever again or whatever. And um, I get a lot of looks from especially men that uh, are just shocked when I do decide to open my mouth and I am not just somebody's little wife. Mm -hmm. Uh-uh. Like, no, <laughs> no, honey, that's not what it is. So um, definitely busting that myth of being like the shy little girl who, who can't make <laughs> decisions and mm -hmm. needs needs her big strong husbands to help like uh no <laughs> just knowing you i'm like that's not you <laughs> but it's, it's funny because people that don't know me that i meet like through my husband or just mm -hmm. um since i when i moved to baltimore like didn't know anybody again mm. um i make a very strong impression when i when i decide to open my mouth i make a very strong impression mm -hmm. And I think uh, that's why people are so shocked when I explain I'm introverted or my husband will go out and like, where's Ariel? It's like, she just needed to chill and take care of herself. And they're like, is something wrong? No, <laughs> it's just, it's no, not, nothing's wrong. Sorry to interrupt, but like, I mean, with that comment though, I mean, isn't that fascinating how if you like, if there, you know, there's a gathering of people and you just say, you know what, tonight I, I need to take care of myself. I need to be at home and whatnot. How the immediate reaction is like, what's wrong? Like, mm. are, what's it's, wrong with that? <laughs> Something hard have, are they sick? It's funny because, um, like I mentioned, my husband is very extroverted. So mm -hmm. he had a really hard time understanding that I wasn't like being passive aggressive about not wanting to go out. Mm -hmm. you know, Friday nights are nearly impossible for me because it's like the end of the school week, mm -hmm. gonna be stuck in traffic, getting home. Um, and finally, when I sat him down and I was like, truly, this isn't some like girl game. This is me needing to take time for myself and me knowing that you, the extrovert, need to go out and be around friends and people. Mm -hmm. I'm not mad at anybody. I'm not upset about anything. I'm not going to bring this up saying like, you should have stayed home because I want, no, no. It's truly, we have the understanding that, oh, well, Ariel just needs to take care of herself and take some her time like take some mm -hmm. new time you know yeah and I but you know the challenge is that I need to do that for my husband as well so sometimes I'll be like why are you always going out why can't you just hang out with me at home mm -hmm. but it's like no he needs his extroverted time too yeah 
because he's not constantly surrounded by other humans mm-hmm. all day long at work, whereas I have children literally crawling on me and crying and snotting mm-hmm. on me. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, introverts, introvertedness, personality types, Meyer Briggs. So, folks, if you've never done the Myers Briggs or Enneagrams, you can definitely find some free assessments online. Highly recommend mm-hmm. it if you're curious to learn, you know, more about your personality traits um, and just kind of seeing like those moments where, you know, you feel a certain way, if you're feeling more extroverted or introverted as well. It's just really interesting to kind of assess where you're at, what this looks like, um, and really to identify those moments of those um, life experiences where you could see what the results show and like this connection, your connections to them as well. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. Now, I don't exactly have a like organization to share, Mm -hmm. But I did have two apps I wanted to share. Yeah, absolutely. People, since um, if you're like me and can't get on the journaling train, um, I actually have been trying something that is like digital journaling. It's called Reflectly, R-E-F-L-E-C-T-L-Y. Okay. And it's an app that will like just ask you questions about your day Ooh. and go through so then I don't have to write it. <laughs> Yeah. Maybe that's my problem. I don't want to write it. Um, so that's at least been a way to track a little bit more and be take that like five minutes at the end of my day to be like, okay, how did today go? What can I work on for tomorrow? Um, so I've been really enjoying that. And also the Calm app, C-A-L-M. Teachers, they will give you a free subscription if you contact them. Disclaimer, it will take a really long time, but they, you can get a free subscription I love it when I need to relax, when I'm having a panic attack and I need to have like an emergency calm down or even when I'm going to sleep. I love having the calm music. They even have like sleep stories you can listen to. So I highly recommend both those. Yes, they're both great. Yay. (laughs) Yay. Awesome. Well, thank you everybody for listening and hopefully there's some new helpful information that you can take with you. And again, the purpose of these conversations is that you can start having them with the folks around you. So think about, you know, and get uncomfortable. Oh, Mm. you know, it's hard. Yes, it feels really hard as well, but you never know what can come from having those uncomfortable conversations and the impact they're going to have, not only for the people around you, but also for yourself. And seriously, and I'm sure Alex, you agree with this. I've never regretted investing in myself. No, 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 Mm. no, because you are worth it. So absolutely. All right. Well, until next time, everybody, thank you so much for listening. So this is Let's Human Together with Alex and Ariel. We'll see you soon. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to Let's Human Together. Please review and subscribe wherever you are listening. Become part of the Humanity Collective by following us on Instagram and Facebook at Let's Human Together Podcast. You can email us at Let's Human Together Podcast at gmail.com. We hope to human again with you soon.